Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Just trying to do a little networking today. And, you know, as being the world-class athlete that I am. What? Yeah, man. Yeah, You're an athlete? I mean, depends who you ask. I mean, you're like an over 50 baseball athlete. Okay, first off, I'm not over 50. (laughs) Second off, um, yeah, I mean, I played sports. But, I mean, I was the greatest athlete in the world, according to me. In cor- in cor- in according to your kids. Yeah. So yeah. with that, I'm trying to capitalize. I'm trying to capitalize on my post-career opportunities. So I, uh, I brought in Chris Smith of Athlete Network, and uh, he's going to help me tell our listeners how his platform is going to help me do a whole lot of stuff. Hi, Chris. How's it going, guys? I'm doing great. Um, first off, you're wearing a University of Hawaii shirt. Go you, Bows. Yeah. You are the first rainbow warrior that I know of that's been on the podcast. So congratulations. Thank you. It's a privilege. Aloha. It's it's Hawaii. If I go back, no, it's not. And if you go back to, (laughs) if I go back to college for a sixth time, it's going to be like the university of Hawaii. The scenery is good there, my friend. I bet it is, man. I bet it is. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, welcome to startup hustle. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So I want to talk a little bit about athlete network and, and what you guys do. And for those of you listening, if you want to check out his website while you're listening, you go to athletenetwork.com. Chris, what's athlete network, man? Why'd you start this thing? <laughs> like most startups, it's been kind of a journey with some pivots, but originally we started it with a simple premise that in your pursuit of athletics, you develop a lot of traits, those traits of teamwork, grit, coachability, can transfer to workforce very nicely. Um, most athletes are not attending career fairs. They're truly being students and athletes and their resumes are non-traditional. So companies had a really hard time connecting with this demographic on the traditional platforms of LinkedIn and Indeed. We created a way to accelerate that connection. What happened though is over the years, we've had over a million athletes go through our services we started to capture a lot of data on alumni athletes, where they're going to live, where they're going to work. And we uncovered a really big problem within athletics. They have all these services available for their current alumni athletes, but there's no way to communicate with them effectively. Coaches are trying to do this on uh, Excel spreadsheets. They're trying to match mentoring programs. The alumni associations are disconnected from the athletic department. So we built a hub, a platform where everyone brings their services into one network and the athletes know uh, what to look for. They know where to get it. Um, and it's working great. We're we're blessed to work with the United States Olympics and a lot of the top uh, athletic departments in the country. Matt, you've won a couple golds, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just For, shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just the gold shoes. That's right. I gave them to you. Yeah. You won them, actually. Yeah, they're like trophies. Them. Yeah, I uh, actually have an affinity for gold sneakers, and that's a true story. But yeah, if you do that's something, one of my many awards. If you do gold something, shoes. if you do something significant with me, or maybe even for me, I will give you a pair of gold shoes. All right, that's my goal on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, you got size fourteens back there. I, you know, I might. All right, I wear a thirteen. There we so, go. And some of them run big. So, you are a big guy. Where'd yeah. you play? I did well. I didn't really play anywhere. But. <laughs> I mean, I played baseball, football, and basketball, none of which I, w- you know, was any 
get at. When you were doing your what, what are you laughing at, Watson? <laughs> but uh, you know, you're you better be careful because between Chris and I, Chris is bigger than I am. We'll bounce you out of here, dude. I'm, I'm Gold cool. shoes and all. I got the agility. I'm good. He's yeah. gonna outrun us. Maybe, maybe you got to outrun the reach first. Yeah. But all right. So you know, I I I didn't play college athletics. I was you know kind of like maybe could have played at a small college or something, but it just never really happened. But I have a lot of friends that were athletes and, and you know, the problem you're solving is real because you live kind of a different world as an athlete sometimes. And then here you go and now it's done. Yep. And and so, yeah. And, and so then, do you help them while they're in school and after? Yeah. We're a cradle grave approach. Okay. So, so, so Matt, one of the issues that, that occurs is the <clears throat> athletes have a hard time transitioning to the quote real world, as we'll say, because they've lived a very structured life. They're used to going to practice and different stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they're like, and now it's gone. And that can be a depressing feeling. Like imagine if we couldn't do this podcast, how depressed you would be and how we would fix and transition you to a real world. I'd have to find somebody else to read baby loves coding to me. <laughs> I know. I know. You're welcome. But am I, am I right? No, you're, you're spot that? on. And the, the vertical is bigger than most people realize. I mean, athletics in America um, is big, but overseas it's even bigger. Yeah. And really? It, oh yeah. In the, really? U, in the UK, if you are a varsity athlete, you can get a job almost anywhere. I mean, oh. here you still have to have acumen, but athletics is a wide vertical. Um, in, in college? Like college, col- university college athlete, yeah. athletics is a, is a worldwide Worldwide, I coach my kids' soccer team. I have two uh, families from India, and both their dads played cricket at the university level in India. So, um, but but to go to your point, it is your identity, and unfortunately, uh, in our college setting, a lot of these athletes have everything available to them. The facilities are getting ridiculous. I was just won't name the school, but I was at one of the top schools in the country last week, and. I mean, multi, multi millionaires are not living like these athletes are. They've got everything they need, then they're done playing and they go back to reality. And that transition. That was my point. Yeah. It's, it's like, very hey, hard man, to like, deal yeah. With. And, and then another thing too, is like the NCAA has got like a gazillion rules and all this different right. stuff. Like it's a really structured life. And I really have had friends that I, a lot of my friends play college sports yeah. a lot of people I know and, and it's different and, and, and the depression part too, like here's some, a major part of your life and now you can't do it anymore. Yeah. I've had former teammates try to commit suicide. One of our big universities just last year alone had five former uh, collegiate football players commit suicide. You've, so, al- you've also got other things too. Like you, maybe you thought you were going pro. Yep. And then well, they were happened. the star, right? But that, yeah. That's what creates the depression is, you know, no one gives a shit that you played college football once you're done. But your whole life, it's a big deal. Yeah. And well, you you can be the star of the team, and then all of a sudden the next day you're nobody working at McDonald's. That's right. And what we try to teach them is how to transfer those traits in an interview. No one cares you play college football, but you had a hell of a difficult boss and a coach. You had an unbelievable routine. You're up at five a.m. till ten at night. There's all those carryover traits. Right. So I, I love hiring people to play team sports because yeah. think about it: if you played really competitive sports, uh, you're you're uh, you've taken some criticism. Well, isn't job placement a big part of what you do? It is a very big part. Um, The foundation is a communication platform where our partners, which would be athletic departments, associations, teams, can communicate services to their athletes. One of those services is a career piece. Okay. I mean, as to Matt said, like, uh, you know, usually athletes are better at certain different sorts of skills and different things and are great to hire. Well, you're, you're coachable. 
that, I mean, that's or, the biggest or, one. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I like. I also like people that have been in the armed forces for the same reason. Very it's like your regimen. Like, hey, look, if you can make it through boot camp, yep. eh, I don't know if I could. You know, but the, you, there's, uh, I mean, a, possibly a level of toughness, and and then also too is like all of these guys with team sports. Yep. Um, you know, that can be important. You, you learn to work well with it, which, with the other people. That cultural competency is huge. My yeah. freshman year at Hawaii, I was put in the room with three guys from all walks of life, really different. We ended up being each other's weddings. You learn in sport. We don't have to get along, you know, personally, we don't have to have all the same beliefs, but if we're going to win, we got to right. work together. Right. I think politicians should look at, <laughs> yeah. at sports because it's about winning, right? And compromising. So what other kind of real world examples do you help with besides like the job, you know, job side of it? Like what other real world? Yeah. So we power the letter winner clubs for co- colleges. So it's a letter winner club. So when you're an athlete, you earn letters yeah. on your playing time and athletic departments need their former athletes to provide support, fundraising opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, you can't improve your current athlete situation if you can't study your past athletes. So sure. we uh, we power Penn State, Clemson's Letter Winner Club. Their athletes can come in. They can request tickets to the games. They get private messages from the coaches on the state of the athletic department. It's a way to stay connected. It so is also, that kind of like a booster club or something? It's, it's like an alumni club. Alumni club. Yeah, an alumni association. And uh, Boosters they, are donors. Pretty much. That's yeah. correct. But that's okay. an important part of any program, though. Especially now, yeah. fundraising is going to become more critical. Um, you got about 20 universities out there that are pretty well off financially, and everybody else is starving for money. Yeah. So, my, you know, my dad's a huge Notre Dame football fan. And, you know, the it, you just talk about the influence that some of these people have. Like, you know, you get these guys, they didn't go pro or whatever, but they were a big player at Notre Dame. And you see them interact with the alumnus. And that, that's a big deal to meet so-and-so who is a star player, but they might not have made it to the NFL. Right. They were a big part of your what you were passionate about. So we've been talking a lot about football, but this extends to all sports and all types of athletes, right? Oh, absolutely. It's Everything from equestrian to volleyball football it doesn't matter what's Cricket, the most what's the most popular the population size is going to be football because you got 110 okay. people on your team okay all right um as far as like do you know the rules of cricket matt because you keep mentioning cricket <laughs> yeah i do you look like a cricketer what, yeah what, all right let's see what uh, when you throw the ball yeah. what is the thing that you're attempting to knock down you have three seconds i don't remember a wicket. I was going to say wicket. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. You were. Yeah. Sure. Sure. You're not in the athlete network. You have not been accepted. <laughs> so when, speaking of which, do you have to meet specific criteria to join athlete network or it's up to the partner? So our platform is truly a SaaS product. We license it to the university or the okay. Olympics. They have a white labeled front end and they control who comes in and out of their I networks. See. Okay. So, all right. So when did you start this? Uh, about 10 years ago. All right. And we've pivoted like, <laughs> like most entrepreneurs. That se- the term pivot seems appropriate for the athlete network. Yeah. So what, what are, <laughs> yeah. So, so when you started 10 years ago, what were you doing? Primarily the job piece. Okay. We were, we were doing transition workshops, seminars, connecting athletes to employers. That's when our kind of aha happened. We were getting all this data that universities didn't have the ability to capture on where their athletes were going to live, where they're going to work. Um, and we started p- 
providing them with information that they needed. And it's we were a lot of alumni data that they didn't a lot have. of alumni data. Also, okay. is that a marketing component for recruiting future athletes or just different stuff like saying, you know, like obviously they know what percentage of their athletes graduate, yep. but by being able to, I don't know, is that a huge recruiting component, okay. especially when you're talking to mom and dad? Yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's 99% of us don't go pro. Right, so right. we parents want to know what is next. You know, your your small minority of football players or basketball players create this dumb jock myth, but the majority of athletes are really studious, high right. GPAs. and Yeah, well, you have to stay eligible. You have to stay eligible, yeah. Okay. So um, and so the, the way you guys generate revenue, is it just from the licensing of the SaaS product, or do you have or, or is some of that related to the next level or whatever? Yeah, we got a couple of revenue channels. One is the the SaaS license. The other is we provide services to all these networks. So if you're a company that wants to promote a product, an employer that wants to hire, instead of creating relationships with Clemson, Penn State, UCLA, you come into one network and then we automatically put you in all these. We're basically a multi-tenancy software system. Okay. Okay. So before we hit record, you, you made me chuckle. Because, and for those of you listening, in the uh, four minutes of preparation that go into every episode, <laughs> maybe five minutes. Um, but I, I always ask, you know, folks, I say, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And you laughed and said, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an open book and, and it's been a journey. So and you also mentioned pivoting. And, and, you know, I told you that part of what we try to do here on this show is talk about some of the stuff we didn't do well. Yep. So let's let's talk about some stuff because uh, you you were clearly uh, emphatic about hours. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, but, yeah, I think but I think that's the value that we bring to our sure. listeners is trying to help them avoid. And, and so here we are. We're talking about sports. Well, sports is co- there's coaching, sure. and you're trying to help people be the best that they can be, yep. and helping you avoid dumb mistakes is part of that. Yep. So so what what do you got? You know, I mean the I think the first. And looking back, one of the first things is not taking the time to self-reflect and realize what I didn't know. I, uh, I'm a biz dev guy. I love selling. My company had revenue from the second day I started it, but I didn't know crap about technology. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize what we were becoming was a tech company. And I fought it for years. I fought the notion that we can figure this out with outsour- completely outsourced tech or not taking technology serious not understanding a tech roadmap. So we just kept band-aiding, building spaghetti code, and then the house almost came collapsing down. And and how so? Just because you guys had built... We started getting bigger, we started getting more users. And, um, you know, fortunately, a couple of years ago, I spent the money and got a CTO and realized how <laughs> little Why? I knew. You're like, wait, this doesn't have to suck. This doesn't have to suck. Yeah. And, you know, I, I run into so many entrepreneurs who are tech guys or sales guys. And I always say join each other because yeah, it's, it's going to be a mistake if you don't. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about that. And especially time. it's, well, it's back to teamwork. Yep. You know, Matt and I are business partners at Full Scale. For those of you listening, you can check out what we do at fullscale.io. We help companies like yours build yep. stuff. And you much like you're offering a service to try to help. Okay, so schools and athletes, they need to focus on being good at what they're good at. So you create a pipeline to helping people find opportunity. And that's our, the opportunity we provide is trying to help you find developers quickly and easily. Speaking of which, we talked about not knowing technical stuff. So oh, I'm going to take a break. And, you know, my business partner, Matt, is a technical founder. And in order to test his vast knowledge 
I'm going to read a passage from the book that he gave me recently titled Baby Loves Coding. You ready? I'm ready. You were, you missed your first I thought you were going to ask him the question. No, I'm going to ask you. All right. Uh, well, you missed the first question. You didn't know what a wicket was in, in cricket. By the way, um, the, the if you get this wrong, the, the repercussions are pretty severe. Okay. Okay, baby can listen to music and eat a warm lunch and play a game, all because computers are reading and following. I have no idea. The answer is code. Code. <laughs> it said baby. Baby was the one in the beginning, but the computers were following code. Oh, I thought you I, said I'd be baby. happy to let you borrow this book now. Yeah. All because computers are reading and following. Oh, okay. Because code. computers. Are, now, right. you really, you have to be a better listener. Well, you know, my, my reading skills and language skills are below average. I know. I know. Would you have got that right? Probably not. I, I don't know if I would have either. But, you know, I mean, dude, baby's working at a pretty I high level. I need pictures. There's pictures. Colorful <laughs> pictures. I'll let you borrow the book right. if you want to. So I know that was riveting. Yeah, riveting. Um, <laughs> all right. So you hire a CTO. Yep. He probably knows the answer. Yeah, I hope to God he does. And baby loves, baby loves code. I wonder if there's a sequel to that. Um, okay. So obviously getting, getting, hiring people that are experts at what they do, it can change, it changes the game. And I think that's the biggest challenge for startups because yeah. they're expensive. Yeah. If someone really knows what they're doing, they're costly. And yeah. You know, we're, we don't have a lot of resources, so we got to be resourceful and you're trying to figure all this out. So, you know, access to capital and be able to hire the best is a challenge for all of us in the beginning. Was that something that um, was a challenge for you as well? That's all raising capital is always a hot topic around here and like, and how to go about doing that when, why, who, where. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a transplant to Kansas city where we're at. So I didn't have a big network here. Um, I had more contacts on the West coast and it was very tough in the beginning, um, trying to access, especially when you're past the concept stage, you know, that seed to series a stage. I don't think there's a lot of opportunity. I think it's getting way better. Um, but yeah, raising capital and you know, some of it's a blessing though, because we did do a pivot. And if I would have raised a lot of money in the beginning, I probably, I don't know if we would have still got to the pivot as fast, but it's just, it's a, such a journey, man. It's um, every day I kind of look back and go, oh, shit, I would have done that difference. I mean, there's not a day man, that goes I, by. Yeah, but I think that's par for the course. <laughs> that's right? never ending. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can't, I mean, that's if you look back at what you did, and you're like, I wouldn't have done anything different. You're just yeah. probably not being honest with yourself, you know, and that's, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's something to, to keep an eye on. Um, and we don't have to get into the specifics, but did you actually raise capital? Yeah, along the way? I've, I've raised <clears throat> excuse me, several million dollars. Yep. Okay. Wow. And how uh, big's your team now? 26. How many people? So you have a CTO, but how big's your like a tech team? We have uh, seven. Wow. Internal. Okay. Wow. Are you all guys- in Kansas City? Now they are. We, uh, I mean, I've been all over the world, man. I've been in Vietnam. I've been in Russia. I've been in uh, India. <laughs> so we'd, ho- right. we'd love to help you get to the Philippines. Um, but so, I heard it's much more westernized over there. It, it is, yeah. yeah. So you don't have the. But well, let's talk about that for a second. And this doesn't have to be like a full scale ad, but you know, with that, I, what were some of the issues that you had with with the distributed workforce? Because that's also really common. You know, the biggest issue is communication. Yeah. Um, I'm not a tech co-founder. I w- or a founder. I wish I would have gotten a tech co-founder in the beginning. And a lot of it's ignorance. You don't know what you don't know. You know, you you have this vision. And you don't know how to articulate it in technical terms. 
So, you know, we try to be a follow an agile sprint methodology and all these things you're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, if the visionary doesn't know how to communicate it, <laughs> you're not going to get what you want. So we got to keep iterating it. And, you know, I think companies that are going to take on smaller businesses like this, it's so imperative to be able to communicate at the fountain. You got to teach where the student's at, right? Yeah. And I think that's what you guys have uncovered and are doing so great is. I didn't know, I know a lot more about technology now than I did even three years ago, but in the beginning I made a lot of mistakes just simply because I didn't have partners that understood the business side. They only understood the tech and there was just miscommunication. Yeah, there. That's what, I mean, that's what we try to help people do. And like so much of that, it, it's funny cause I mean, it's just about finding people that know what they're doing. Yep. And like you said, it's hard. I think we, by the way, I was asked earlier today, what percentage of applicants we hire. It's it, my guess is it's like two to 3%. Because experts aren't half of the people that walk through your door. And that's, and it's about being really picky. And if we're going to put it in sports context, you know, the, the best hitters, they, they wait for the pitch. Yeah. That's the right pitch. So they're not just swinging at everything that gets thrown up there and being selective is important. Now, communications clearly paramount. And I had issues with that originally when I started. So I hired my first employee in the Philippines in 2009 and, 10 years ago, the communication was that Skype was new. It had yeah. just come out and we we're like, Oh, I heard about the Skype thing. Maybe <laughs> we should try to call the Philippines, you know, mm -hmm. and we did. Yep, and yep. I was like, wow. And it's free. You know, that's normal now. But, um, and then, and then it was even a challenge 10 years ago because, you know, bandwidth was patchy and stuff like that. So modern, modern technology and, and just open access to it's been a big thing, but then but, trying to communicate with people. But software development is all about communication. It's like, th th this is the product, what the product needs to do, why it needs to do it, how it needs to do it, make sure it doesn't do that, right? Like if a software developer doesn't understand all of the, all of those things, it's, you know, fraught with error and delay and problems and everything else. And it's even more difficult if you're working through, um, language barriers or people that are working at weird times. And so you email them and you don't hear back from them from a day later. And then they have a question and they get the answer a day after that, like all that, the time zone shift, like those are usually the biggest problems. Was with your working. team scattered all over? Did you have like someone, like five people that were all in five different places or you mean overseas? Yeah. No, they're supposedly they're in a centralized building, okay. but See, that, that's one thing I, I talk to people a lot and I'm like, you know, because they, they go to places like Upwork or whatever and they end up with this like, I mean, they've you know, just throwing darts at a map and there's something to be said that communication of having people in and around each other's, you know, well, presence the, is important. The challenge in the beginning for us and where we, I think, would be a lot further along is we didn't know how to communicate it. Because if you're right. not, if you're a business guy, a biz dev guy, right. you don't know if you're communicating good or bad. That product manager or that in-between person right. is just, in my experience, it's critical. I wish I would have understand that like five years ago sure. that, yeah, I got this vision. I'm the guy talking to our top clients on where we want to take this. But if I don't know how to articulate that in technical terms... I'm going to want a gold swing and end up with a rubber tire swing. It's so, so what changed? I mean, where, where did that turn the corner? I mean, was it the introduction of a CTO or did you just get better at what you were trying to do? It, it was realizing it, it was the athlete. It was self-reflecting on we're not winning at the level I want to win at. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the people first process second, right? All that stuff and realizing there's got to be a smarter way to do this because our business, we're not creating the behavior. It exists. Like we're solving real problems for people. So 
when we took talk to our clients, it was obvious that they needed the solutions we were bringing, but our tech wasn't delivering on them. And then it kind of occurred to us, we're actually a tech company. We didn't realize that. I think a lot of people think they're tech companies because they're professional services that use technology, but we actually started building technology and we had to reevaluate our team. I had to reevaluate my mindset, my acumen. Um, I think once we did that, then the next thing is, how are you going to pay for all this? Because it's not cheap. <laughs> no, software development's very expensive. It's very expensive. Um, and I think these are challenges that all of us has as startups. And that's why I think you you said it earlier. You you get people that know what they're doing. Even if you have to pay them more, their output is going to be so yeah. much greater. Well, it's just, and then also, it, I, I've said this a lot recently. You know, you can't put a price on peace of mind yeah. <laughs> and just, that that's the thing for me when I started bringing in, you know, a higher level of employee and a lot sure. of things I was doing, like I found myself like just not frustrated and pissed. Cause you know, like you said, like, you're like, God, why is this broken? Or why isn't this moving forward? Or why am I going broke or whatever? And you know, some of that, um, a lot of what you were just saying as well, what kept going through my head was, you know, you, have to make tough decisions yep. as an entrepreneur and, and, and also like put yourself in a state of reality check. And it sounds like you went through a lot of that. Still you know? am. Uh, yeah. Yep. And well, that's good. And I think that the athlete in you kind of drives that as well. Um, speaking of, of which and, and sports now you, I don't think I could do this again because the mixtape card that I just pulled is perfect. Wow. I know perfect for this episode. So mixtapethegame.com i'm gonna i pulled a card out of the mixtape deck you know i've never pulled the same card twice which shocks me i yeah it's like it's just eternal it's just a box of eternal fun so i'm gonna read a scenario we're all gonna name a song and then we have to vote for who wins um you can't vote for yourself and watson almost never votes for me so you have a pretty good (laughs) the odds went over there pretty high i don't think i could pull this again the best song to be carried off any field or arena floor after a glorious victory. Wow. I mean, how did I, wow. I literally random pull. I'm um, going to go with uh queen. We are the champions. Dude, you're going to go with that. I, that was my answer, but yeah, I saw the card early. So I, I'll let you go first. Now I got to come up with a new one. What do you got, Chris? So you're, are you hurt? When you're being pulled off the field or no, after a glorious victory, the best song to be carried off. That's a good question though. Any field or arena floor after a glorious victory. And I'm going with today was a good day with by ice cube. Okay. Okay. It takes a little time to develop, but for those of you that are, that are fans today was a good day. All right. Yeah, man, that's tough. Um, glory days. Mm. I hate having to do this. I'm going to vote for Watson. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Chris. Yeah. The, but I feel no like you, I, I you, vote for him too. It's, I know. Uh, yes. I mean, how can you not go with We Are the Champions? I get it. I feel you guys like, coordinated on this before I came we in. We really and, didn't. Uh, <laughs> I would never, by the way, just so you and the listeners know, I would never ever do anything to put Watson in a better position to win mixtape. I'm going to vote for you, by the way. Thanks. Not Matt. that it matters. But Thanks. You say I never vote for you. So I'm going to give you <laughs> Dude, my vote. <laughs> You're an asshole, <laughs> <laughs> by the way. Thanks. That's, okay. So anyway, yeah, that was like, yeah, I felt like that's like, 
It's like you get to pick Muhammad Ali or like me. <laughs> that, that was like a one answer mixtape card. So, well, anyway, yeah. So, but it's funny. Music and sports go so well together. So, mm-hmm. so many different things. Yeah. And, and Okay. So back to what you did. So you guys have this communication platform. And so, I, by the way, the struggle is real on that. When you talk about like tickets and comp tickets, that was one of the things before we started doing our, our sweet and greet events. Matt was like, dude, you're going to have to have to have someone to just invite and do everyone. We automated it, yep. you know, made it like an online reservation thing. But that kind of communication, even for an athletic department, can be a lot to keep up with. So <sighs> Watson will make a donation to charity for yawning during the podcast. Oh, my God. You heard it here. We gave you a reset. Okay. Sorry. I got to Hey. Come on, man. Dude, you know what? Don't I'll call a technical. You know what? <laughs> no oh. arguing. You cannot argue balls and strikes during the athlete network <laughs> episode, man. When we were talking about that was harsh, dude. When we were talking about developers, he perked up, but when we talk about sports, he starts yawning. So I know. I, don't. I know. I know. <laughs> it's also, you know, we've we've been doing a lot um with our business and it's you know, you talk about a lot of stuff. So You've had a million people uh, go through that. Yep. You have 26 employees. There, at some point, you, you you had to look at it like, we okay, we look at full scale. Or, uh, tomorrow's full scale's birthday. That's right. That's awesome. Congrats. One year, Technically, baby. Technically, by the time you hear this, people, we will be just past our one-year birthday. But 180 employees in a year? It's like, crazy. Dude, I look at it, and I'm like, I kind of like, I'm like, oh, yeah, at the same time. And but, you both kept your hair. How'd you guys do oh, that? Oh, dude, I have no hair. Look at that. <laughs> If you want to check us out on Instagram, look at all the selfie stick pictures. There's a beautiful view of my bald spot. So, uh, but you know, you look around and you're like, oh man, this is growing. This is, or this is possibly getting past me. Uh, did you have any moments like that? And how did you deal with them? No, we haven't, we haven't achieved your level. I think where we're at is the opportunity is getting really big. We got invited to go to Beijing by the international Olympic committee to present to 70 other countries. Nice. Because of the work we do with our United States Limit Committee, we don't have the tech stack or infrastructure to support that yet. So I think we see the opportunity in front of us. And I think that's where. The, How could you not, though? Like, I mean, is if you're white labeling it or just from all the different language barriers, account ah, management, we were going to do see. a deal with Canada. And at the very end, they said, so our account manager is fluent in French, right? All you have to do is say, hey, <laughs> they. Smoke some well, dope and I'm, hey. <laughs> I'm from the I'm from the sport the the athlete network, eh? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, there you go. It's I'll, no I'll cover your Canada. If you want to send me your leads from Canada, I'll take care of it. I mean you actually guys, that's a great point though. Yeah, I you guys know this that. it's not just a platform, you gotta support it. You mm-hmm. gotta have your customer support. Well, and, and having the software support multilingual user yeah. interface is a whole nother cluster to deal with. Yeah, or it, wanna wa- you wanna watch Watson Cringe? GDP. Oh, <laughs> you mean GDPR? Whatever it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't even care. I'm not even going to say the whole acronym because oh, it's probably yeah. bad luck. But well, yeah. we have athletes all over the world, so we encounter that, and now you're encountering all these accessibilities with your VPAT, and there's just so much that's going into all of this. Watson, um, why did GDPR suck? Because we had to document every single vendor we used for like our CRM or like tracking customers on our website or leads or all that stuff. And then we had to go to every one of them and find out what tools they use and then consolidate all of it together and then make a way that people can request to be removed from all of those things. And we have to be able to go like quickly delete their data and whatever. And you want to guess how many people have ever done that? None. None. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, 
we are good stewards of their data and we can prove it to them. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you did for the yeah. world. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's shit like that though, as a business that you can't, and you know, you had, I remember when you guys were preparing for that for Stackify and like, you know, just, it's really not moving your business forward in any shape or form. It, it's, it's just like a huge every, distraction and expense. It's like and, every other law. I mean, if somebody wants to violate the law, they don't give a shit what the yeah. law is, right? Just like owning a gun, like you're in a gun-free zone. Well, if I want to go kill somebody, I'm just going to take a gun in the gun-free zone. Like what the hell the difference? <laughs> Same thing with the data, right? Like, yeah, we don't do GDPR. We're just going to abuse the data and whatever. Like if you're going to abuse it, you're just going to do it anyways. The laws don't really, I don't think, prevent the bad things from happening, but whatever. You're you're an outlaw, dude. Yeah, you really are. I'm not going to give you the money gun this episode. <laughs> I'm afraid after I'm that, like, yeah, we do have a money gun here. Um, it needs a break. My By point the is, way, the dude, criminal, if you the ever, if you ever buy a money gun, if you ever buy a money gun, don't get it near Watson because they'll steal that shit. My only point is, the criminals don't care what the laws are. Right. So, okay, True. I didn't even think about that. So, so is that one of the plans that you have going forward? Is to to be a little more international or you like, yeah, I mean, that's there part of room for growth here that that doesn't even matter. Our three-year roadmaps here, but down the road, it is international. So recently we had the founders of high school esports league mm-hmm. in here and they've got, you know, 15, 1700 schools that are in it. Is that something you guys are going to like that? I can't believe how big the concept of esports is. Yeah. Going. It's getting huge. They're adding it into, into the athletic department. Yeah. We, we don't decide what is an athletic sport or not because we're providing it to the athletic department. A lot of our partners put the equipment managers in there, the athletic trainers. It, it's more of the family underneath them. So maybe we should subscribe for the for the podcast. <laughs> Join the athlete network. This is a high impact thing, Matt. I am not an athlete. I know, but here on the podcast, you are. This oh, is, this is this is competitive shit. Oh, okay, That's all right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Ever since we hit the top 100, Watson got all he got all like rock star. You know, Everything's so. a competition. I think yeah, every entrepreneur is an athlete. There you go. I <laughs> don't know. I mean, there's <laughs> athletics like, is competing. Right? I mean, I businesses in general, right? But there's different kinds of people. I had a business partner where his whole goal was to like ring the bell on Wall Street and have his name in lights, and he just slit anybody's throat on the way to doing it. <laughs> And then there's people that are just like me. I was like, I just want to solve problems and make my customers happy. I, I can really only imagine what the entrepreneur Olympics would look like. It would be like a delayed start because people were late from a call. They were replying <laughs> to emails. <laughs> the, like one guy, one, the guy in lane five didn't make it because his funding didn't just come through. through that last minute. Yeah. Like <laughs> and the, the guy in the, in the seventh lane didn't actually make it because the software wasn't working and he thought it was on a different day be a lot of whiskey sales after the I mean, maybe yeah yeah you know what we'll go ahead and it's been a while since we, we've mentioned this but you know we have a fictional club here at startup hustle called tears and beers and it's for founders and if you're a member and we're nominating you um you can show up and you can get drunk or you can curl up in the corner and cry or you can do both and it's a f- judgment free zone. Judgment free. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So you want to be? You want to be? In I want to be in, man. It's, I, it's, lo- it's a lonely job sometimes. We haven't so nominated tears and beers. For te- tears and beers for a while, have we? What kind of beer is it? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You bring right. whatever. It's BYOB. Oh wait yeah, a second! Have, you didn't yeah. say that. No, it's BYOB, dude. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. said I had 180 employees. Can't you afford some beer? For no. Your, uh, that's why. I, like, uh, that's <laughs> why. I, that's why I can't afford it. It's natural light. I'll take it. I'll we take give it. you a, a beer bong, give you a funnel, a tube, and a 12-pack of Natty Light. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. It's, I mean, dude, we're startup founders. Yeah, that, that's right. That's all we can afford. That's so, right. well, Chris, I want to thank you for coming in and, 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 and visiting with us. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Um, you know, any, any good business starts by solving a problem and you guys are clearly solving it. Um, you know, like I, I know that several uh, former athletes and that I've been around probably have a great appreciation for this. I'm going to give you a couple of their names and make sure that they're doing business with you after, nice. after this. So if you guys want to check out what uh, Chris does, you can go to athletenetwork.com. They're also uh, at AthleteNet on the tweeters. Are you on the gram? And other things. We're on everything. There you go. Check them out. Check them out. Um, if you want to check out what we do, you can go to fullscale.io. You can also check us out at, at Startup Hustle Podcast on Instagram, where I am often known to post pictures of Matt Watson doing all kinds of weird yes. stuff, including including the new category I made for the money gun. Yes. Which does have a video where he accidentally shot himself in the face <laughs> with money. From the money gun. It was beautiful. And it was somehow captured within a selfie of a guest. Yeah, it was perfect. And I don't know if I've posted that, and I'm going to go do that right now. So anyway, I've clearly got really important things to do. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.